Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. So, in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Tom Bursnell, um, the founder, CEO um, of Miami Burger. Uh, Miami Burger are a company that um, distributes, uh, creates, um, and sells plant-based um, food, um, predominantly in the kind of the burger space. Um, but they've got a really unique perspective on what they do uh, insofar as um, everything they try and make um, combines delicious um, kind of comfort food, if you like, but um, stuff that, that's kind of healthy for you. Um, they've really got to focus on saturated fat and sugars in our diet. Um, and you'll hear that through our conversation. Uh, and Tom is an, in, an incredibly unique character um, <laughs> with, with a really diverse past. Businessman, politician, um, and now CEO. Um, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. This is me and Tom Bursnell. Right, so um, yeah, it'd be good to just get, get a, like before we get into the kind of all things Miami Burger, it'd be good to get a, a bit of a, a kind of snapshot into like how you you got into veganism in the first place, Tom. Uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a funny one actually, because most people they, there's normally three routes in, isn't there? There's kind of uh, you know people are in there for climate change, sustainability. Then you've got another good chunk of people in there, you know, animal rights, animal welfare, and then you get the third lot in for health they realize oh this gives me cancer or this will give me heart disease and they come in for health yeah. I, I came in through route four which right, was uh, okay. out, which was out of body experience um <laughs> okay which is a great route actually really good route you should try it um <laughs> so i was just kind of minding my own business in the proverbial matrix of the world so to speak enjoying all things you know ribs and steak and all these things and I had this thing called astral projection, which is a little bit weird. It's worth a Google at the end. Basically, where you leave your physical body. Have you ever heard of like a near-death experience of an, or an out-of-body experience? I had one of those, basically. And it was a bit like terrifying, but also absolutely illuminating in terms of I just kind of saw everything as energy. You know, my wife was a ball of energy. Uh, my dog was a ball of energy. The cows across the field were everything was energy and everything was connected in this kind of web of energy. And it was like, and everything was the same color. It, you know, I wasn't on mushrooms or anything. <laughs> it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't high. Um, but everything, you know, it wasn't that my wife was a different color to the animals or that I was, everything was just the same. So it was almost like we've all got this kind of spirit, uh, this sentient kind of energy um, or consciousness, and I kind of, and it kind of just came to me that I, well, you know, what we're forcefully removing these things from this web, and they're floating up into the sky, and off they go because we're we're killing them, and it's like, but we're killing ourselves because we're all connected. It was like it's one of those. So I came, I came back, and and I said to my wife, I, I don't want to eat animals anymore, and even the word animals it changed. I didn't use the word meat, you know, which is obviously a euphemism to kind of 
soften the conscience, you know. Um, I used the word animals. I, don't, I said, I don't want to eat animals. And I'd, you know, prior to this, I'd been kidding myself that I was an animal lover. I used to say to my friends, oh, I'm an animal lover, me, you know. I'm against fox hunting and all that, whilst I was eating an animal. And it was like, it was then struck upon me. It was like that time in The Matrix where he's sort of basically pulled out of The Matrix in this blob of jelly or whatever it was, and his things cranked up to his eyes and ears and whatever. I, it was that kind of experience. So that that was about seven years ago. It turned me vegetarian because I still had this naivety that somehow, you know, dairy cows were just plodding around in the field and, you know, they needed our help, if you like, to, you know, squeeze their udders to relieve them from this big, bulky, you know, milk that they were carrying around, unfortunately. So I had that naivety until, until you know, I then understood and learned about... Um, that experience and what goes on there and what goes on eggs and you're like how can i then carry on doing this knowing that actually looking back that's potentially even worse than what's going on with with the with the meat industry the livestock industry so i was like wow that's mental so um it was those kind of experiences really that that did it for me so yeah vegetarian for like seven and a half years vegan for about three and a half um so, you know, and, and it was all obviously based on animal welfare and, as I say, that naivety that I was kidding myself that perhaps, you know, culturally we've all kids, uh, you know, we, we grow up kidding ourselves, you know, um, that um, it's okay to do this, but these things are commoditized, you know, but then separate the two out. Yeah. And what did you, when you kind of came back and sort of said, spoke to your, to your partner about it, what, what did she say? Did she... Did she kind of instantly get you, or was there a kind of transition period for her too? Is is she is she vegan now? So, so she's kind of what I would say ninety nine percent. So she she has the odd bit of fish sometimes, you know, once a month. Um, so she's kind of nearly there. I say she's not woke enough yet, um, so to speak. <laughs> but she, you know, she, she was a vegetarian before I was. Um, sure. it, well, she 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 went for a long stage of being a vegetarian, and then. You know, I think we had a daughter eight years ago, and yeah. I think some doctor told her that she was low in omega three or six or something that you know said you need to eat yeah. fish. It's all that kind of same thing, isn't it? It's a person yeah. in a white coat, a person of power, a clinician <laughs> that tells you you need to get something for your body and for your baby little girl. You know, this is not good. You're pregnant, blah blah. So it's 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 the, unfortunately the system is rigged so to speak you know and yeah. if you're not strong enough to do your own research you kind of fall into that you know i think yeah especially the, the power of um the power of power if you like the power of yes. the system particularly when you have uh, when you involve children it's so emotive isn't it for you as a as, a, as an, any individual you feel like well i can't possibly put that at risk so if somebody says that it's very difficult to get out of that well, it's all these things like, well, do you raise your child as a vegan? You know, like, um, so you're, you're, I'll often have conversations over the dinner table. I had it last night. I was around a friend's house and they go, well, of course, you know, I understand where you're coming from. But obviously, you know, your daughter must make her own decision when she's old enough if she wants to go vegan. And I said, well, well, let's flip that on its head. Yes. Let's not, let's bring her up in an environment where she's not um, harming animals. And when she's old, if she wants to then harm and kill other sentient beings, then maybe she should. Um, you know, we spend, you know, the school and, and parents spend all their time 
telling children not to harm animals, don't pull the insects' legs off the insects, and all that, don't stamp on the ants. And yet, a few hours later, we feed them dead, minced-up animals uh, at the canteen in school. You know, that if there if there wasn't a kind of definition of cognitive dissonance, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We we definitely have to, uh, as a society, we have to instill that that dissonance in children. Like that, their innate nature is, well, don't harm anything. And we have to sort of teach them, no, it's all right, you can harm this, just don't harm that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. It's, it's, um, it's a crazy system, and it's, as I say, it's only once you're out of that matrix, so to speak, that you suddenly, you suddenly see all this kind of craziness that goes on. In fact, I was uh, at a kid's party a couple of, day, a couple of days ago, and, and, and um, the child must be seven or eight years old, and she was saying, oh, I love little piggies. And I said, yeah, so do I, actually, and I don't. Um, and, and I don't eat them. She says, nor do I. I said, do you like bacon? She went, yeah, I love bacon. I said, well, bacon is a pig. And she looked at me as if I was confused. <laughs> and then I could see her mother behind me basically going, you know, you don't speak to, don't, don't speak to my daughter. Yeah, you're trying to influence her. Yeah, I do apologise. I'm trying to get her to not um, kill and maim other beings. I do apologise for that. I will, I will go back to my satanic ways. You know? <laughs> Never mind, you know. I do apologize. So there you go. Crazy world. Crazy world. It is indeed a crazy world. So at what point did you did you kind of come up with the idea of Miami Burger to, to influence the crazy world in such a positive way? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I've got several, several businesses. My background is, uh, you know, I've got businesses in, in headhunting, uh, in, in the care industry, so care homes, and um, also uh, property uh, development, brownfield development so i've had lots of different um businesses and they still they kind of run themselves and um i was spending quite a bit of time out in miami uh, over the summers so we'd go out you know as a family go and live in miami the weather's great it's great for you know vegans over there the choice is abundant um and it's a great lifestyle and we could still run the businesses from over there and um and I just basically, I went out once with, with my daughter to like a fast food joint. I forget what even the name of it, but I asked for, I said, you know, do you have a plant-based burger or a vegan burger? They said, no, but we've got a veggie burger. And I was like, okay, you know, this was kind of just, you know, as I was transitioning, if you like, um, over to full veganism. And I said, like, okay, sure. just give me that. And I didn't even know if the veggie burger was okay, but it was the mayonnaise that made it, you know, not vegan. So anyway, I said, look, go ahead, do that. And they got this ice puck out and it was like breaded ice puck and they just basically threw it in this deep fat fryer. And um, I basically thought, what on earth, you know, what on earth is this thing? I, I ate it and it was like, <laughs> it was this basically this grey hue inside. Um, it was a, it was a grey hue uh, I couldn't tell what I was eating and it was deep fat fried and I was like, it was disgusting. And so I thought, it, you know, is there a way to be healthy and not consume animals? Um, and, you know, you've got, and, and at the same time, you've got these massive issues in, in, in the UK. You've got 66, 67% of the UK public that are clinically, uh, that are overweight. One in three clinically obese. So you've got about 30, 31% are clinically obese. And you've got one in four kids that are overweight at school. And these numbers keep going up every single year. They've never gone down. They've never kind of plateaued. And you're thinking, blimey, you know, in, in 11 to 12 years' time, you're going to have 40% of the population clinically obese. And what does that mean? That means basically 
you've got so much fat on your body relative to your bone structure that your bone structure cannot cope. And it's like, what's going on there? You know, the, the biggest killer now is the overconsumption of food, not the underconsumption of it, or the overconsumption of fatty food. So I thought, well, let it, let's create um, a, a business, that, a, a brand that basically stands for look healthy. You know, it doesn't matter if you're not vegan or vegetarian or whatever, but if you just want healthy food that's got zero cholesterol, zero carcinogens, there's no palm oil, there's no coconut oil, and we try and keep it at a bare minimum in terms of saturated fat, then let's do that. So that's kind of where it came from. I wanted to kind of, I wanted to kind of use it, if you like, as a, um, as a platform to kind of go out there and challenge the minds, you know, just even subliminally about um, what, you know, what you're eating. So even on our, in, in our test kitchen restaurant, we had the the trays and we would say there are no um there are there's no and this is an animal free food instead of meat free i wanted to kind of start triggering people just to kind of have that conscious that that kind of consciousness awakening going what do you mean animals oh yeah that's what meat is isn't it of course yeah. you know just just triggering and, and that's what we'll be doing with our packaging over the next you know a uh, few years we just want to start triggering people um, to to help kind of um, you know awaken in the same way that you know I was kind of woken up so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Look, what what kind of um, kind of things did people say? How did they react when they when they saw that kind of wording? Did did you get into many conversations uh, around that kind of initially in the test kitchen and and then sort of beyond? Um, so yeah, we had we had some some quite irate customers actually. That because we obviously, as you know, um, we didn't shout about veganism. The V word was never mentioned anywhere yeah. um, because, you know, if you look at opinion polls um, on how the word vegan is viewed, I think we're slightly below traffic wardens in terms of, <laughs> you know, posit net positive rating or net negative rating. You know, so you've got you know net positive rating doctors lifeguards nurses and then you're going down it's like you know criminals and um, ex-criminals traffic wardens you know estate agents are down there with us you know and it's like oh and then there's vegans and you're like really um so you know, there is a stigma to that that yeah. word because people as soon as you say that it's like it's almost kind of quasi-political people think you know, you're segmenting yourself into a box. Therefore, I will segment myself in the same way that if someone puts on their Twitter feed hashtag Remain or hashtag Brexit, you immediately you know, single out yourself. But if you just say, well, this food happens to be plant based, um, you know, and it, but, but actually it's the, the main thing is actually we're super, super healthy. That was how we do it. But, yeah, some people, when they found out, they were really annoyed. And some people were great. They, they go, this is a great, great burger. They never even knew that it was plant-based. And they were shocked when we'd say, oh, by the way, did you know that that was made of soybeans? What? But some people were, like, yeah. furious. They were like, hang on a minute. I'm not – this is furious. I want my money back. And I, I would say to them – the thing is, I get triggered easily, unfortunately, as well. Instead <laughs> of me going, yeah, sure, I would go, you're angry because – you accidentally didn't kill an animal or you didn't eat an animal. Is that what's made you angry? You know, that sounds, it's like someone said to me the other day, Tom, I, I could never go vegan. 
uh, veganism is just too extreme. And I said, well, do you know what vegan is? Vegan, veganism is just not wanting to harm animals. So say that sentence again for me, but say it with that. And they go, okay, I could never not harm animals. Not harming animals is just too extreme. And I'm going, and they're, they're saying, as they're saying it, they're starting to kind of realize, I go, I sound a little bit like a psychopath, don't I? And I'm saying, yeah, you do. And that's the thing. It's all these little things. Language is so powerful that you can change something. You say, oh, don't worry. This is uh, beef, not cow. Or this is bacon, not pig. This is meat, not dead animal flesh. And it changes the whole view. You know, if someone says I'm starving, I could really eat a, and then you interject and say, uh, a rotting, decomposing, you know, flesh of a cow that didn't want to die burger. They'd go, <laughs> no thanks. If you just say beef burger, <laughs> it's fine, isn't it? Softens the blow. Um, so yeah, we had a few irate customers, but they were few and far between. To be fair, most people um, were happy with it, pleased, or just didn't know any different. You know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it's, it's, in fact, I think it kind of works. Um, the same tactics are being used, you know, by on on our side, if you like, with yeah. the with the kind of word plant based. I think that's that kind of seems to appeal to people uh, associated with positive things and health, and you know, particularly now game changes and and so on. You know that those kind of uh, those kind of messages, it's kind of positive use, isn't it? So that's right. Yeah, and in fact, a couple of restaurants now. I mean, we 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 supply quite a few restaurant chains. One of them has just started putting in brackets PB. So instead of the old VGN or VE oh, right. or whatever, wow. they they're using PB. And I think that's 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 a really good move. And I think the more restaurants that can go down that road to destigmatize it, you know, and it's a bit savage that we have to do that. But you know, um, that not harming, you know, not wanting oh, no. to harm animals is seen as negative. But, but you know, unfortunately, that's the culture that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully we we wouldn't have to be in that position, uh, sort of like the end game of it, if you like. But sadly, we are we are now. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so having developed this kind of idea, you test kitchen, and you've got a variety of products now that are available, and and so they're now available in in, in supermarkets and restaurants. Is that is that right? Yeah. So so we. Um... So basically, with the restaurant, we had the view that you know, if it was going to make uh, buckets of money and it was going to kind of um, wash its own hands, then we would win. Then we would have kept it open. We sure. picked a very big site. You know, it was like um, in a in a very expensive shopping centre. So we kind of didn't do ourselves any favour. But we wanted to kind of say, like, we're either going to go big or we're going to go home. And so what you know soon came apparent is it was very expensive to find. We, we were making mm. good. Good, um, you know, good money from a revenue perspective, but our costs were so high that you know we could have gone down, you know, a, you know an alley in Reading, uh, you know, eight hundred square foot, and we probably would have done okay. But I didn't want to attract just you know vegans and vegetarians. I wanted it to be in a very dominant place where you'd get passing traffic and you'd bring people into the world of plant-based food, and then they can go and read the sheets on the trays and just challenge their own mindset um i didn't want to kind of be where, where it was just kind of secular if you like and just mm. for a certain segment of society but yeah so the moment we're in morrison's we're in amazon um we're going to be in a couple of other supermarkets uh in the beginning of next year um and then we're doing reasonably well in food service as well so we've got a, a, you know, a, a number of restaurant chains and pub chains again We've got a lot more coming out in January, February, March of next year. Some 
some fairly big names as well that are going to start stocking our stuff. And further afield, um, we're also in talks with um, some very big um, food companies that um, are looking to use our products from kind of July, August next year. I mean, this is one thing that I never really understood with the food industry. You know, with all my other businesses, you know, if you want a candidate, for example, or you want a marketing director for Coca-Cola, here it is, two or three job interviews and away you go. In this market, someone will try your, you know, our bacon and go, wow, that's amazing. They go, great, do you want to put it in your baguette then? Or, yeah, we're looking at August next year. And you're, what? <laughs> so it's it's a really, really far away kind of thing. Again, we're starting to look at our winter menu now. I go, well, it's winter now. They go, no, winter 2020. Yeah. So we, we've got a lot of things uh, bubbling away, which is very positive um, in that sense. We're also looking at some of the export markets as well. Israel um, and Canada and Dubai have all shown some interest. So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a very crowded field out there now as well. Yeah. Uh, so are you finding that as you, you're speaking to these different kind of organizations, supermarkets, restaurants, et cetera, is, are, are they starting to – do you think there's a sense that it's probably – it's shifted from um, a niche product to something they feel like they have to have in their offering, like a, a you know plant-based uh, alternatives. I think there is there is two sets of um, if you like customers or you know with the retail buyers and buyers for restaurant chains or pub chains and so forth. You've got the the, the first set understand that this is a big trend, a big challenge, uh, you know, a big opportunity as well for them, and they are making space, they're increasing their range, the amount of shelf space for this, um, and you know they're going for it, they buy into it. The, the other set um, are really, you know, they see it in the same way as keto or Atkins, and they're seeing it more as a fad. Uh, in fact, oh. you know, one of the buyers we met several months ago even did refer to it as a fad. And again, you know, I nearly had to re-trigger myself <laughs> and uh, you know inject myself with some type of healing thing but it was like oh, I, w- I want to challenge that but it's um it is very different some people you know you, you're knocking on the door and it's the door is already half open and it's easy sure. to establish and they go yes please really need some samples at the moment and then there's another group of people that just don't respond um you know we had a, a large u.s um fast food chain so we've got we've got no interest in doing plant-based food um, for the foreseeable future, going, fair enough, you know, crack on. You know, it's, it's a, I think in that arena, it's evolve or die. And um, let's see what happens over the next 15 years. Because when I was at university, one in, 20, one in 20 students were either vegetarian or vegan. They were predominantly vegetarian and, and it was predominantly for religious reasons. Now, the figures that are coming out is one in five. And it's no longer linked with religion. It's linked with animal welfare or sustainability. So you've got a seismic shift happening from a generation to generation. So in 20 years' time, let's see where we're at. But, um, you know, I um, I love research. I, I look at when I'm when I'm not um, you know, sitting down watching a movie with my wife, I'm looking at research papers. You know, and that's, um, that's how I've got a lot of my business interests has come from just looking at trend forecasts and looking at what things are happening over the next 15, 20, 25 years, how people are consuming food, consuming products, how people will answer the telephone in 20 years' time, and so forth. I, I get very interested in all of that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, and I think talking of trends, I suppose like the more the more we kind of um, we we hear about the the kind of the the impending kind of nature of climate change upon us, and it's already kind of it's already kind of a, 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 a present issue. But you know we've we've all heard in mainstream press about sort of you know ten and a half, eleven years left to to make a significant impact. It, it feels like that shift is. Um, it's not happening quick enough, but needs to happen. And like you say, it is a evolve or die kind of situation, particularly given that that pressing need. Yeah, do you know what saddens me actually is that uh, in in both a good way and a bad way, the the game changers kind of shift that we've seen um, over the last few months in terms of the number of people being becoming interested in plant based food or cutting down um, the consumption of animals. Um, it's it's kind of like the people I speak to go, oh, I watched Game Changers the other day, and blimey, I didn't know this could happen. I didn't know it, it affected even the, my arousal, you know, in the bedroom area and so forth. And, yeah. and therefore, I'm thinking of it. And you think, are humans so selfish that you know whether you know whether the cutting of a throat for a pig is secondary to you know whether they're going to get heart disease or the amount of arousals they'll get in the bed and everything. Is that what it's come to? I mean, I, it's great that they're coming into um, plant-based food and giving up the consumption of animals, uh, or, but it's it's coming from a almost purely selfish reason. And that kind of saddens me about um, human beings and that, you know, it is a selfish thing. That said, I'm also happy that the cow doesn't mind why you're not killing it you're just happy that you're not killing it and actually what people what what you tend to find is people will come into this if you like chamber um through one route or another and then they learn about the other things so yeah. they might come in for health and they go and then and then immediately they have to defend themselves over dinner or you know with their friends going really what about this what about that and they, they almost take on the arguments they go hang on a minute what's wrong with killing animals and they find themselves literally have to go well um because they can't, they often don't say, well, there's nothing wrong. But they then start going, well, actually, why should we kill animals? And then they start researching, oh, oh Jesus, you know, someone just challenged me on this. What's, what's the comeback? Um, and you constantly see that on things like Facebook groups, the vegan Facebook groups. Someone just said this and I didn't know the answer. And um, and then if you like, they, they understand, they then watch Earthlings or something else and they go, wow, I didn't, I didn't know about that. So as I say, they perhaps they've come in on a purely selfish reason, but actually they then learn of the yeah. wider agenda, which is a positive thing. Yeah, I, I feel much the same. The 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 entry point, it, yeah, it does definitely sadden me that it feels like anyway that that perhaps cowspiracy or Earthlings wasn't as as much of a smash hit if you like as game changers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I think once once you're in, you find out the other aspects of the uh, of kind of why why this just makes sense. Um, and, and then you kind of do your homework and so on and so forth, even if that is <laughs> purely a, a, like I need to defend myself from my friends and family. But whichever, whatever way works, like you say, the cow and the pig and so on, don't, don't, don't mind. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So how does, how does the product that you guys make, because that, that, like you said, this is a crowded field now or it's getting crowded kind yeah. of positively. How do the, does the product that you guys particularly make, I'm talking, you know, uh, the burgers, patties, et cetera, how, mm. how does it differ 
to some of the other the other big players in the in the plant based field? I think we try and differentiate ourselves in terms of health. So there are burgers out there that have got say 16, 17 grams of saturated fat. Um, we've got 0.6. So you know ours are up to 30 times healthier in terms of the amount of saturated fat that you're consuming versus those burgers just because you know they're using coconut oil now coconut oil you know five six years ago people were rubbing it over their bodies they thought it was so amazing and you know again you know people just need to research these things a little bit more as opposed to just taking what some nutritionist said on food unwrapped or whatever coconut oil is 85 to 86 percent saturated fat per hundred which is huge when you compare beef lard or beef dripping is about 46 to 48 percent now you compare that to rapeseed oil between four and seven percent depending on it's cold pressed and all this other stuff it's a seismic difference in terms of the amount of fat that is going into some of these plant-based burgers so you've got people that go vegan a few months ago oh i've been vegan but i've gained half a stone well well, guess what? You're eating 60 grams of saturated fat. What did you think was going to happen? You know, so unfortunately, the the you know a lot of people have chopped out you know animal fat for coconut oil because coconut oil at room temperature is solid. So when you're going to cook something like a sausage roll, uh, you need a room temperature solid oil. So because of the puff pastry. Um, you can't just pour olive oil on it because it's just not going to work for the pastry. You know, it needs either that needs to be hydrogenated. And the other issue is palm oil. So people are using palm oil. Uh, we don't use palm oil because of the sustainability issues around it. Even if it's certified sustainable, you know, there's issues around uh, that. There's been some evidence that that, that people are still, um, you know, burning down the Amazon. You know, accidental fires and so forth. So we avoid palm oil. We avoid coconut oil. And basically, we've, if you like, we've health hacked as much as we can. So we'll use good old H2O and mix that with oil. So we reduce the um, levels of saturated fat and, and calories as well into the to the burgers um, to basically give you the healthiest burger you can so that a burger is no longer deemed some type of guilty pleasure. You know, you can have one of our burgers and it's healthier than, you know, sometimes a bag of crisps. Uh, sometimes you could eat two of our burgers for some of the crisp brands that are out there. And I don't want to kind of, I've been sued before. I don't want to be sued again. <laughs> um, so um, that's what we're trying to say is we differentiate ourselves on health. And it's gone down very, very well in the pu- in public sector. So we're in talks with um, several big uh, authorities now about supplying our burgers into schools as a result of that. Because some of the other burgers just don't get there in terms of calories and saturated fat and sugars and so forth. So I would say the main thing is uh, health is a differentiator. We're never going to go and try and absolutely mimic to the you know last molecule a beef burger or a, or a chicken burger um, in like in the way that some others do. Because you know when you try and mimic something like for like, you take both the good, but you also take the bad. So in the case of one of our competitors. It's using you know, genetically modified uh, heme, uh, hemoglobin. You know, it's that irony taste that you'll get from the beef. Now, um, that has been linked. The heme in in burgers 
beef or otherwise have been linked to colon cancer. So we don't want to go down those routes. Um, and you know what we say is, look, we're trying to mimic the seasoning. So if you put a chicken breast in a microwave and blast it for five minutes, um, take it out and eat it, it tastes pretty bad. But then you start putting black pepper on it and salt and whatever else actually starts tasting reasonably nice. So what we're trying to do is mimic the seasoning and not, you know, the the other things that sometimes bring you the bad stuff. So that's, the, you know, if someone's looking for a, an identical taste of a beef burger, then there, there will be ones that will closely match that. I don't think we want to go down that route. We just want to make a very tasty patty that is plant-based and, you know, cholesterol-free, heme-free, um, palm oil-free, coconut oil-free, and so forth and so forth. And I think that is a um, an honourable mission because as somebody who, yeah, who who turned vegan and kind of naturally assumed that if it had vegan written on it, it was healthy. I definitely fell into that trap you mentioned there of uh, yeah, you know that first bit of you know you eat x amount of burgers that are full of coconut oil and then you, you suddenly think, well, I haven't, I haven't seemed to have lost any weight or got any healthier. So what's yeah. happened here? It's 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 a mad. Unfortunately, this is the thing. You know, there's chocolate bars out there. You know, some of the newer ones that everyone loves, they are riddled with coconut oil. Like, they are three to four times worse than a dairy milk. Um, some people actually just don't care. And it's about, do you know what, it's for the animals, yeah, I don't sure. care, blah, blah, blah. But there is this other creeping thing that is coming in. You go to other countries, you go to Tahiti or Bahrain or Qatar, and you've got 45 to 47% of the population that are clinically obese. You know, you've got you know, waves and waves of people that have got type 2 diabetes. I was in French Polynesia last year and about a fifth of the aeroplane had wheelchairs because, and these are people in their mid-30s, mid-40s, because of type 2 diabetes and, and so forth. It was horrendous to see on a beautiful island. You saw, you know, when you were the plane, you know, you had like 15 wheelchairs, you know, on a very small plane waiting for these people to... Uh, to get out and help them off the plane and it was very sad to see that and I, I just see that if we're not we're not careful we are going to go down that route so yeah so what, what does the so what does the product lineup look like right now so you've got uh you've got the burger you mentioned there so what, what's the yeah so we've got the, we've got the kind of classic burgers if you like your imitation beef burger we've got the louisiana chicken uh, patty we've also got an uncoated one of those so there are several companies that we're doing collaborations with um, you know, several food chains, uh, restaurant chains, whatnot, that are taking our, if you like, the base, and then they're putting their own coating on it um, because they've got their own special house seasoning or the way they want sure. to do their batter, which is great. You know, that we've 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 gone into places which never used to have a vegan option, mm-hmm. like Other Side Fried, which is a, chi- a chicken place in London. There are four locations, Chicken and Sours. Um, these places now are plant-based options, and they're doing very well. They're seeing incremental income. Because, you know, people like me would have never have gone there before. In fact, you know, a good example was a few months ago, I was in, I was in London for a, um, for a stag do. I hate stag do's now. I've done too many of them. But it was one of these ones, last person to get married because he was, a, you know, a crazy person. But he got married. And then we said, okay, look, where are we going to go? It was after racing. Where are we going to go? Um, and it was like, uh, okay, Tom, uh, you know, like... Is, is, we're thinking of going to this place. Is this place okay for you? And I looked at the menu and said, no, nothing there for me. They go, what about that place? I looked at it. Yeah, that one's good. 
So, you know, it wasn't just me that died there. I took 15 other, you know, men there with us. So it's not that you're just, you know, missing out on the, you know, 4 to 11% of vegans or whatever the number is. Mm. You're missing out on everyone else. It's that entourage, you know, the family that never used to dine there that can dine there now. We never used to go to Turtle Bay or, you know, some of the other places. Now we go there because they've got a nice vegan offering. And that's the way it works. So if people want to remain in business, then I think that's they need to cater for these these uh, changing changing diets. Absolutely. So we've yeah. got the chicken burger, obviously, and then we've got the bacon that's coming out soon. That that's we're really really excited about the bacon. Um, and then we've got meatballs, and we've got a range of ready meals as well uh, that is going to hit the stores in the new year um again the ready meals everything is about health 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 so we have taken as much sat fat out as possible before going okay it doesn't actually taste of anything anymore let's put it back in so you know we've got you know macaroni cheese which is the healthiest macaroni cheese out there it's healthier than whether it's vegan vegetarian normal mac cheese you know it's a really healthy mac cheese and it's really tasty and it's plant, 100% plant-based. There's not many 100% plant-based mac cheeses out there. Often sneaking in a bit of skimmed milk here and uh, whatever. And it's kind of like that's we're excited about that as well. Um, and we've got a lineup potentially of sausages coming out as well using pea protein, which um, you know we've been benchmarking that against Richmond sausages. And on taste tests, we're beating those guys and that Richmond sausage is a very good sausage. So, you know, we're excited about that dropping as well. Um, so yeah, we've, we're going hard in terms of the MPD um, and um, trying to, um, trying to, you know, just play around and see, see, see what people like. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a really exciting kind of future of products lined up. I'm yeah, excited to try them. So the future of the, the business from a, you, you mentioned there, you kind of, open to, to kind of all sorts, whether it's restaurants and, and supermarkets, et cetera. What's, what's that kind of looking like in the immediate future? Where, where would we be able to find uh, Miami Burger products right now? Uh, so right now it's, it's still Morrison's and, and the Amazon and it's yeah. uh, places. Um, there are a couple of restaurant chains, uh, reasonably big ones that we've, we've, we cannot mention that we're there because they want to call it their own burger. Sure. And kind of like we understand that, you know, people... Yeah. You know they they don't like they don't want to do collaborations and they say they prefer it to be their own label. So yeah, you know, in fact, our biggest restaurant customer is someone we can't even name um, because um, they 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 want it to call it their own, which is fine. I, I say we don't have egos. We don't request and demand that people put flags in our burgers. If they want to do that, they can. But we don't even have any flags made, so they need to make the flags. <laughs> so we we just want to get our food great tasting plant-based food on the menus um, in terms of the new year um, i say we're in talks with a number of uh, very large um, chains of cafes uh, bakeries uh, restaurants and supermarkets so quite often sometimes i don't want to kind of jinx it by by revealing all now because yeah, sure. you end up uh, Someone ends up, you know, just before you launch, comes back and goes, oh, I want another 2p off the burger, or I'm not going to list you. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, put across the coals. So I'd rather um, not jinx it. But yes, yeah, so we're, we're excited. We're, you know, in the next few months, we're going to be in a significantly uh, bigger number of places that we are now. And we're going to enter uh, the public sector as well. Uh, we're excited to, to be doing that because, you know, it's a, it's a, 
it's a big opportunity if we can feed kiddies on uh, you know meat-free Mondays and whatnot and you know the kiddies like our burgers then hopefully they can go back to their you know mummies and daddies and say look I, I had this burger and it tastes nice you know can I have one at home so that's the aim the aim is just to you know, get get the burgers out there get the food out there but also as I said at the beginning it's the messaging that I'd like to have a play around with and not as a kind of deviant social experiment but I would like to have a play around with the use of language um, evoking the kind of consciousness awakening if you like of people and, and how they see it but without threatening them you know I don't want to yeah. plaster our, yeah. our packaging going this is uh, animal murder free you know <laughs> because we want we want everyone to eat our products but we want to just tickle the senses so to speak and just kind of have a little you know kind of cognitive nudge that kind of leaves a taste in their mind and they go oh that's interesting this doesn't contain animal flesh and then oh, of course it doesn't david why would it it's a vegan it's like oh well i just never put two and two together and we've had that you know we've had that kind of feedback with some of the some of the kind of testing that we've done it's just amazing how the use of linguistics in everything just changes everything um, in fact, um, I was in Jamaica several months ago, and um, I, I, I naively went to Jamaica thinking that you know Itaal food, Rastafarian food, there's going to be abundance of plant-based food over there. And it's only when I got there I realised actually there's more Rastafarians as a percentage in Birmingham than there is in Jamaica, which was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown because the food options over there were were not great. Mm. Um, Everything was fried chicken, you know, and fried pork. And, but I managed to kind of sit down with, uh, you know, five or six locals. And um, I said to them, I've just finished reading a memoir about the slave trade because they were asking me why I'm vegan. In fact, some of them didn't know what the word vegan meant. And I said, well, look, um, the, the reasons that we use to condone the slaughter of animals now is the same reasons that people used, the slave masters used to condone the slave trade in the 1810s and 1820s, just before it finished. And in fact, the people that were arguing against the slave trade were key, were called, guess what, extremists, you know, and they were told, mind your own business, you can do it, if you don't want a slave, that's fine, but if I want a slave, I'm allowed a slave. Yeah, the same, all the same reasons that, you know, I've been doing it for generations, we've always done it. You know, they're less intelligent than us, of course we're allowed a slave. And in fact, towards the end of the slave trade, Slaves start to be treated um, more humanely, you know, and you see that word now used a lot in terms of slaughter. In fact, some people gave the slaves the freedom of the range, or what we would call now free range. And it, everything to do with the language just struck a chord. Um, and, and I said to these people, um, do you like racism? And they said, of course we don't like racism. I said, well, of course you don't like racism because racism puts one race above another by design biology or culture correct and they're like of course i said well if you've got a problem with racism then you should have a problem with speciesism and they were say what i said speciesism was obviously where you put one species i.e in this case homo sapiens above another species i.e cows pigs and so forth and they're like oh yeah so i said look you can't cherry pick compassion you can't say, look, I want equality for people with blue eyes, but screw everyone that's got hazel eyes. You can't cherry pick compassion. You either have 
you know, compassion and love and equality for everyone, or you don't. You cannot want equality for skin pigmentation, but then be homophobic. In fact, that's a problem in Jamaica. They're, they're happy for equality of skin pigmentation, but then there's a little bit of an issue with, you know, uh, gay rights in that country and transgender rights. So it's a, it's a fascinating thing, the whole use of language and this kind of, um, as I say, cognitive dissonance that people have. But when you, when you push it to them and say, well, hang on a minute, you know, what about racism? Um, don't, that you cannot partition the two. Uh, it was quite revealing and a couple of them came up to us afterwards and said, oh, actually, I'm, I'm going to try this plant-based stuff. So, you know, I, I like doing stuff. I like challenging the mindset. I, I have a, a final sort of big question for you, I suppose, Tom. How, how optimistic are you about our kind of collective transition to an to a ultimately kind of vegan world? Um, I personally am quite optimistic, actually. Um, uh, I think in the next 20 to 30 years, we're going to see a seismic shift um, in, in that. And I don't think it will come from this kind of sudden compassion for animals. Um, I think that will be secondary, but I think it will come from um, the, the health. You know, we already know that, you know, the World Health Organization and the Institute, the International uh, you know, Cancer Research Association, both place you know, processed meat as a class one carcinogen. There's only three things as a class one, you know, or group, a group one carcinogen, you know, you've got asbestos, tobacco, and processed meat. You know, class one or group one is known to cause cancer. You know, group two A is probably causes cancer. Group two B, where things like sugar in, possibly causes cancer. So it's about the number of uh, clinical research papers, peer review, and so forth, that link the two. And I think that the, the, the health is just going to become stronger and stronger and stronger. The, the climate change and everything that's happening there is going to be stronger and stronger and stronger. And also, um, my personal belief, I'm a little bit of a spiritualist. Um, I believe that this, um, and this is why it gets a little bit hokey-pokey, but I believe that this part of um, our universe is experiencing a, a big energy rush at the moment, a big consciousness awakening is, is happening. And um, without say, sounding like David Icke, um, I, um, I, I do believe that that, uh, if you like, is popping people's minds, uh, that rush of, uh, of, of latent, um, if you like, um, energy or, or chi or whatever, however you want to call it, whatever religion is you, I, I believe that is going to push it because, you know, this country, this, um, planet cannot be a, a kind of, a, the, the low frequency, the low vibrational frequency that it is, uh, when you're still doing, you know, m you know, hundreds of holocausts every day are happening. Um, you know, lots and lots, millions of people, millions of um, animals are dying every single day. You know, that didn't want to die, and I think that, combined with the other things, is just going to see a seismic shift. So. Hey, we might speak in 30 years' time, and the percentage of vegans might still be a misery 5% or something. And you go, what happened to that latent cosmic energy you were talking about, Tom? <laughs> I go, well, I mean, it must have passed us and gone to Venus or somewhere. Or, <laughs> But uh, let's see, uh, you know, uh, next time you see me, I might be in robes um, standing near the pyramids, and, you know, and uh, you know, performing some type of tarot card reading. I don't know, but uh, that's what I think is 
is going to have an, and you know if you if you ever are interested in these kind of um, things in terms of trend setting and forecasts and so forth yeah 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 you look at some of the graphs and actually they look pretty positive so I'm quite confident especially in the western and more developed world that we're going to see that change I think there's a little bit of a uh, you know a story to be had in the developing economies in fact meat consumption is going incredibly up in some of those so places but I think they won't be immune either to some of those climate change issues mm. yeah well I, I hope to be stood uh, the pyramids in the robes as well with you if, you, <laughs> if, if it gets us to a vegan world <laughs> Well, yeah. Tom, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I'm with you, my brother. We'll, we'll, we can have a death cult as well, you know. And, uh, you can call me uh, some type of uh, some kind of kind of spiritual name. My name won't be Tom anymore. It will be something else. All fed uh, by Miami burgers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or a couple of Louisiana chicken burgers, unless yeah, you've got a gluten not. intolerance. Absolutely not. No, they're one of my favourites. Those. There you go. <laughs> God bless you and your lack of gluten intolerances. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll, we'll we'll be looking you up on. Um, is it you got the the website? Yes, we've got a website. Yeah, MiamiBurger.co.uk, and we're on uh, Instagram and um, Facebook and all these other kind of narcissistic uh, uh, channels that we now like to uh, bring ourselves out on. But uh, yeah, we're on all of those things. Um, yeah. Someone said to me the other day, you should get on TikTok. I thought TikTok. What the hell is it? What the hell are you on about? I only just got rid of my fax machine. Give me time, my boy. <laughs> um, yeah, TikTok's a step too far for me at the moment. I'll be honest with you. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've just got to grips with YouTube. So um, give me time. Give me time. Absolutely. Well, we'll be picking up uh, some Miami burgers in in Morrison's and, and on Amazon uh, and and discovering them in lots of lots of restaurants. Turtle Bay being one of them. Um, so yeah, huge thank you for your time, Tom. I know you are an exceptionally busy man. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that.